0: Call it? Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Welcome to episode 13 of Call It Frando, the podcast where two friends watch two films decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself, Andy G. Ritchie, and my co-host, Donna Tiernan, watched the 2018 film Apostle and the 2017 film Gerald's Game. As always, this podcast contains spoilers for both films right from the start, This week you can find both of these films on Netflix, as they were Netflix productions. Enjoy! I think
1: they're getting a tattoo. A tattoo
0: of of winning the toss.
1: Well, definitely not a tattoo of uh, the shit film that I picked in the end, but anyway, we'll get to that. Well, that's
0: interesting. We will get to our opinions eventually. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So I guess we should just get fired right in. So Apostle is a 2018 period horror film written, directed, and edited by Gareth Evans, starring Dan Stevens, Michael Sheen, and other respected British character actors. It was financed by Netflix from the very early stages of production, and we can get into the ramifications of that a bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a good starting point is probably talking a little about Evans' career. I'm a, bi- I'm a big fan. Fifth feature. Which of the others have you seen?
1: Uh, this would I've seen everything. Be uh, now.
0: even footsteps.
1: Oh, okay. I have not. I let me see. Footsteps. I saw the a uh, 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 one with a funny Indonesian word as the title.
0: No, that's uh, called like meram, merambara, Merang or something.
1: Uh, yeah, mer, mer, yeah, Merang. I've seen Merang. Merang, we'll call it. Uh, and I've seen the two raid films and I've seen all of Gangs of London and I was under the impression that that was everything he has done, but apparently no.
0: Well, he- so after making his extremely low-budget film Footsteps which I think is filmed entirely in Wales. Evans left his native country to work on a project in Indonesia, and that saw him produce the three martial art films uh, back-to-back in that country. Which, and so uh, what's uh, you've your seen take on those? Nope, I've seen zero. I've only seen Apostle, so this is how I will be judging Gareth Evans for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, it's a pity mine, because whichever well, ends first. It, 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 that
1: actually does provide you with... Certainly a contrasting perspective from the one that I'm comf- uh, coming right.
0: from. Because you like the guy.
1: Well, his the way he approaches action, it really... I mean, if you enjoy action films, I I thoroughly recommend particularly the first Raid film and the episodes of um, Gangs of London that he directed. The second mm-hmm. Raid film it was terrific in the cinema, but I've since rewatched it. That's it. I've rewatched it twice because it is very high-paced frenetic action but it doesn't live up to the first but there's just something about the the way he shoots action i feel like he inf- would have influenced the john wick films a lot i don't know if you've seen them either but uh, just l- the first one long takes um and bone crunching the way mm. the way they approach it a handheld camera um and he ha- he has a way of shooting it as well which is he'll do long takes, but every sequence will have been planned out meticulously beforehand, just shooting on camcorders with stunt people. So basically the, the, the the people recording it, because even with long takes, it's they're long takes cutting from multi-camera angles, let's say. And it really, really brings something to the action. It really, really punches it up. Um, And you can also tell that you're watching somebody directing who's, enthusiastic about action films. So right. yeah, truth be told, the first particularly the first Raid film I think is a masterpiece of action cinema. Um
0: I've watched uh Dread, although that's got nothing to do with Garfett. No, no, but it's famously quite similar to Raid. Well
1: the setup is quite similar. The Raid is a superior film. Um, okay,
0: for sure. But does it have Carl Urban in a mask?
1: It does not, um, but mm. loads of films don't and it was only well, the release of sure. Dread that pointed that out to us the light does he wear a
0: mask in chronicles of riddick no he doesn't does he no he He never wears a helmet
1: terrific hair Mm. well i don't know about terrific anyway i came into uh, apostle as a fan of evans i also follow him on instagram he's he's just a huge he's a film nut on instagram you can tell he watches a lot he's always posting about them and i like that uh i like my
0: film directors to
1: also be film nuts
0: play so anyway after producing these three martial arts films in Indonesia he established himself as a, a reputable director and then reloc- relocated back to Wales and apostle was his graduation to the big leagues what did you so you said you also watched his TV series Gangs of London that's his most yes. recent work is that worth checking out
1: it really really is um Up until the fifth episode, the plot completes after that. Um, Mm. I like, but so directing the first five episodes is a mixture of Evans himself, who directs three, and um, it's the name of that fellow who directed The Hallow and also The Nun. Uh, Corin Hardy, Corin Hardy directed a a couple of episodes as well, and his are he did he. Did did a phenomenal job with it. This is the fellow who's been trying to remake the crow for about three oh, times. Nice. He's got well, he's been he's had to abandon production a total of three times, so I wouldn't get too excited. Is um, it
0: because uh Brandon Lee is still dead? Is that what's holding <laughs> up production?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're just waiting on, waiting on waiting on that up. uh reanimator technology to follow through at last. Um no, it's just kind of fallen apart because it there's it's the sort of property there's so much invested in it, but like, you know, it's the sort of project that producers think is a good idea. Then other producers say a lot of people really like the first one. Maybe we should have a heavy hand in it when, you know, it would be at its greatest strength if they allowed it to be approached as the first one was approached. And I'm not that big of a fan of the approach of the first film, but I mean, it does have integrity to the, to the comic book. And I think that's that's really really what uh, Corin Hardy would I like
0: the first one I, I was considering re-watching it recently
1: yeah uh, something very uh, maybe it might be the soundtrack of it's, up it up it's might, time I guess it's it, very of it's time it's extremely 90s it's
0: soundtrack's quality though
1: uh, Alice in Chains a lot of that going yeah, on yeah
0: come on <laughs> <Quality>. <laughs> <Sure>.
1: <laughs> despite your <laughs> what three, daily, three, your, the three or four years you have on me are showing in that yeah, I don't know I, I could I could never um, like uh, there's certain things from that era that are very very of all film eras something about early 90s in general i find very difficult to get on board I mean, with. we <laughs> used
0: to always we used to always shoot guns at each other with like blanks in them that was typical that was of the time <laughs> but what the, we always did but I mean, it is hard to believe that that could go wrong Indeed, we used to do it all the time Anyway,
1: Corin Hardy anyway. directed a couple episodes of it, uh, but the, uh, and his ones are very, very cinematic and shows what he might mm-hmm. have do, done, what he might do with a, a less uh, studio heavy-handed approach. But Evans's ones are just this thing that he's really, really good f- uh, at, which is frenetic, fast-paced action that you can follow. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which the, uh, is one of the things that, if you've seen his other films, this film f- flirts with you in that way on more than one occasion and I'll we'll be get interested to it
0: to, to hear what those are as we go through so we'll
1: get to it but on more than one occasion through when i was watching this it's just because it's a wide open space and you know there's you could see a lot going on on the locations and uh, because of the just energy in his handheld shots i'm the whole time waiting for just a great big buttfuck of an action scene to break out and it never quite does mm. Anyway.
0: Anyway, back to Apostle, back to the film. The film starts out with Dan Stevens on a train. Apparently, the year is 1905. I don't think the location is given as Wales, but it is. Uh, Mm. Evans chose to film mostly around Neath, Port Talbot, where he constructed a big set for the town scenes. From the start, we get to see that Dan Stevens, whose character is called Thomas Richardson, is a broken man, previously devout, who's experienced some traumatic event. He's on his way to a remote island to locate his kidnapped sister, who's being held ransom by a cult. We see his passage over to the island on a boat with a group of creepy cult converts and his eventual arrival at the main settlement. There's not really much... (laughs) As this film was starting off, I I just kind of felt like I don't really know where it's going at all. I didn't have any real clue of what it was about. I understood there was some kind of cult on an island.
1: Well, that it's wearing it. two very obvious influences on its uh, sleeve, which Wicker it, Man, Wicker Man and Enter the Dragon. It's Winter. It's Wicker Enter Man. The and Dragon. It is. Yeah. He's rescuing his sister from an
0: island. Ah, OK. Fair enough. it has been a long time since Enter the Dragon, since I watched that. Any road. Yeah, it's it.
1: like from the off. Okay, so you've got this sweeping shot over a lake towards a train and you're just like, okay, there's that Netflix money anyway for some reason. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to follow from the
0: off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little confusing. So once, uh, once Dan Stevens, Thomas Richardson makes it to the island, we're introduced to the three cult founders.
1: It's some size mm. of a fictional island as well, by the way.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. So we've got Michael Sheen as Malcolm, Mark Lewis Jones as Quinn, and Paul Higgins as Frank. It's nice to see Paul Higgins using his Scottish accent because, like, most recently I think I'd seen him in Line of Duty. But here we get closer to Jamie from The Thick of It.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Who is he in Line of Duty? You've lost me.
0: He's, um... Is he called something like ACC Carswell or something? He's, like, one of the... Oh, he's...
1: Spoilers for Line of Duty... He's he's
0: one yeah, of the he's... bad boys, isn't he? Ooh, what's he called in it? Is he called Carswell or something like that? Uh, no, no, ACC Derek Hilton. He's called. Yeah, Any he's world. in s- series four, is where he's really in it. But playing playing an English guy, and it's just off-putting because you're like, this—he's clearly from Glasgow. <laughs> he couldn't be more <laughs> from Glasgow. And so I... it's nice to see him actually playing a Scottish character again. True. So in the next few scenes, we get some sense of the nature of the settlement. Malcolm is the town leader and preacher. The three founders seem increasingly concerned about the king sending spies to the colony. And these scenes focus on Dan Stevens wandering around the town in the dark, investigating what's going on. Okay, um, I, was, I was really impressed with Dan Stevens because he's super intense. And I only knew yeah. him from Downton Abbey before bide he gave a similarly impressive performance in the guest he's excellent 2013, in excellent which he's i terrific. haven't seen
1: uh yeah he brings the same kind of uh, manic um energy he looks to, like a madman to this i suppose but like yeah they're, uh, they're in large um evans fails at the type of film he's trying to make by those elements alone because okay you've seen the as a scottish person i assume you've seen the wicker men many times or at least I've
0: once. Seen it at least once. And all right. I've there, also watched the remake with Nicolas Cage, which is excellent too. Um, it's amazing.
1: Uh, or did you watch the uh, TV show this year, "The Third Day" with Jude Law? Nope. Okay, no. so both the island culty things, but the way—first of all, the way you make the island culty vibe. Uh, work or uh, Midsummer? Ari Aster's last film in it is. I haven't way.
0: watched. I haven't watched Midsummer because it's like five hours long or something. It's five.
1: It's five or six hours long. Yes. Um, yeah. But the way you make something like that work is, you have to kind of. You should be forced to squint and lean forward to spot the sinister nature of the place. It should look.
0: Appealing, uh,
1: and you should understand mm. why these people have decided so to give up their lives. Something should be
0: slightly off, right? And yeah, and come be, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Like because the the thing about the Wicker Man is like it. Oh, by and large, it looks like a nice place to be. It looks like everyone's having the crack. You know what I mean? But at the same time, mm. there's a missing little girl, um, and it's the same with in the third day. The, the island looks like it's uh, on a non-stop party from reality, um, right. and in. It, Midsummer, they're just tripping on shrooms and doing drawings. It looks nice. It's but the, but this place, it's just it it's looks shit. horrible. It it's also nineteen
0: oh five to be it, fair.
1: It has the vibe, yeah. But I mean, it has the vibe. Why of, did I,
0: why make a period piece? Who knows? I don't even know. Uh, it has the vibe of a western
1: town yes. being held under like a thumb by a magistrate, like everybody's tense yes. and nobody. So you're so for, So there's that. There is. You've Welsh no idea segment. why the fuck anybody would go there. And then yeah. the other issue is so they're they're immediately made wise to the fact that there's an imposter on the island and Dan Stevens <laughs> is walking around like the most true. suspicious man in the world.
0: There is uh, yeah, absolutely. It's he is just,
1: honestly he is uh, just, <laughs> he is standing around staring no no at people any of like a lurk. Yeah. No 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 almost i would go, i would go as far as to say almost everything they go uh, they go for with to gain tension in the film fails flat um yeah we'll get like we'll mention it but i'm i might yeah. mention it now only because you might forget about it so forgettable is it but they kind of try to pull off a thing near the end where uh, the three brothers are contesting for power over the
0: island and you just could not give <laughs> less of it exactly that's a good point so anyway, the other three characters, the other three characters we're introduced to, are the three children of the founders. So we've got Malcolm's daughter Andrea, played by Lucy Boynton; Quinn's daughter Fionn, played by Christine Froseth; and Frank's son Jeremy, played by Bill Milner. We find out that we find out that Fionn and Jeremy are shagging, a nice. fact which uh, Thomas uses as leverage to get Jeremy to help him in his quest to locate his sister. And um, the film starts to come to life about 40 minutes in mm-hmm. when the three founders and their guards corral all the recently arrived men into the church and in a scene reminiscent of the blood scene in The Thing, but not anywhere near as good at all, mm. make them recite a Bible passage section by section. Before it gets to Thomas, the man before him is revealed to be an assassin who Thomas helps restrain, injuring himself in the process. Well, this was like the first scene that really grabbed my attention. Yeah, what that's
1: that's what I was, I was going to say is like, okay, um, there's so much dross and boring plot that you don't yeah. care about in between. And it's telling that uh, Evans made his name through action because anytime this goes for is anything high octane or gory, you, it's yeah. got you. It does, it's, You stop being bored and it's interesting. He's good at that stuff um so yeah this would have been the first scene to grab me and it's yeah it, it's it, it's a good scene, it's a good scene but it, like at the same time it, it um it isn't half telegraphed even where it's going next it's like oh michael sheen trusts him a bit now hooray yeah you know? so obvious. he's like oh
0: you saved my life even yeah, though you know you is probably the, first the most mysterious I- out of all of these people who just arrived on the island but you saved my life
1: uh, this film possibly flew too low under the radi- radar um, for it to be acknowledged that the the breakdown of the male versus female population is you've got, you basically have a bunch of men that look like they're made of hand callus and just <laughs> virginal supermodels.
0: Yeah, uh, there's like about three women as well. Mm. And like you see you, you
1: see you see like you know
0: um <laughs> there's a lot of male guards
1: you see some basement hags in the background hanging clothes and shit yeah. like that but mostly yeah. it's just these virginal supermodels.
0: yep so next thomas breaks into the founder's hut and follows a tunnel out into the woods the three founders give chase to evade them thomas drops into an underground stream where he comes face to face with a witch
1: yeah, this, Did this, uh, th- this is effective as this reveal as well.
0: work for you? Did it? Because I just, like, no. I but it's scary. I personally feel that Evans doesn't understand the cinematic language of horror compared to someone like Mike Flanagan, which we'll come to in Gerald's game.
1: Interesting. Like, while, there's,
0: while there's a lot of gore throughout, I didn't feel any fear or tension in this film overall, which is probably my, one of my biggest criticisms.
1: Well, it, it, it's, I would certainly agree with you there. Um, no fear, no tension, but I disagree with you about, um, well, I don't know, do I disagree with you about him, Evan's uh, misunderstanding the language of horror or Flanagan getting
0: Maybe it so much? Maybe he was going for something else, but I, I, don't, I certainly Mike didn't Flanagan, feel any fear of the reveal of the witch.
1: I love Mike Flanagan's f- uh, films. One of the mm. things I feel that makes him great is I don't think he works with the traditional language of horror. Um, well, I
0: was, Yeah, I mean, he doesn't like jump scares. For example.
1: But in this, like, that one scene, uh, I found that, I did find that, like, affecting uh, horror-ish. But this is also, structurally, this is, I don't know, is it paying homage, or is it just his most direct influence of horror? But this would be very, like, a hammer horror film, which is Mm. that they didn't quite work in terms of overall arcs so much as... Set pieces Set pieces right. Stitched together For For your enjoyment On whatever budget yeah. Was available Now Evans is Surely going for The 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 long arc here But At the same time It's Sequences that are aimed At you in a certain way And that certainly Is one there That Also the witch Or which The god she's said The goddess Yeah whatever okay. it is Is hinted at earlier on With um, When some blood Drips down between Floorboards I believe
0: Yes, that's right. That's earlier on. Yeah, you mm. see her drinking some of uh, Dan Stevens' blood.
1: But I mean, the, like, despite the fact that it would have been um, that would have worked the way he intended it to work for me, I still didn't find it. It didn't make it interesting for me at all. I I, I didn't go. What the fuck was that thing or anything like that? I was not interested. Uh, continue.
0: And then the witch moved to Central America and was working in a bar. <laughs> Is that sorcerer. what? I- Remember that lady? All right. Yes, <laughs> so anyway, it's revealed that the witch the, grants...
1: the, the, the barmaid from uh, Sorcerer is... What, yeah, what's like? her name? A 65-year-old goddess. Yeah, she, uh, nice. she brings
0: life. So it's revealed that the witch grants life to the island when she's fed blood, like all ladies. And the three founders keep her locked up and offer blood sacrifices... Uh, was there anything surprising about this reveal because the plot reminded me of a couple of quests in uh, The Witcher 3 game which in my opinion has far superior writing so play Witcher 3 instead of this
1: <laughs> is my <laughs> advice. Um yeah, I don't know what it reminded me of but uh like I at this point I knew where I was with this film and I was I just didn't
0: care. Yeah yeah problem. exactly exactly just I didn't I,
1: did, I didn't give a fuck and I realized I knew that the stuff that I had found interesting, um, any the bit of gore or violence, I knew that there was going to be more of that. And I also got the feeling that, oh, I'm going to have to go through a lot more plot to get to any of that shit. Uh, you just got that feeling. Once they revealed this weird lady, you're like, oh, f- first of all, we got to explain her. And then I know there's this subplot with the daughter being pregnant going on. And we're going to have to deal with all of that before we get to anything climactic. Um, and the truth of it is the the climactic kind of violence is dealt out to you so piecemeal that you never really kind of get a climax from the film. There is some real mm-hmm. good affecting gore. Um, a scene where he, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: disgusting. Where uh, he gets his hand all smashed up. Oh yeah,
1: one. well I mean that's awesome. For, I love shit like
0: that. I, don't, I, don't I like just it. I don't like it. Not a oh, fan. Not a fan. But yeah, we will we'll come to some of those gory bits in a minute. Let's do it. So we get a flashback of Thomas showing us that he was a Christian missionary during the Boxer Rebellion in China.
1: What a mad uh, where,
0: sequence that is! Yeah, where he was caught setting up the first COVID lab.
1: And it's uh, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just, put just that throw the that there. there. Yeah. It's, one, it's one of those. Uh, like I've definitely seen this in films before. For example, Man of Steel, when you see the Krypton sequence and you, you realize that was better than the whole movie. The sequence. Yeah. The sequence in China, I'm going. Oh, I'd watch. I'd watch that China.
0: movie.
1: Fucking well, sh- yeah, the,
0: uh, I th- didn't know anything about the Boxer Rebellion, so this just led me to Wikipedia reading about the Boxer Rebellion because yeah, I yeah. previously thought that was just the name of a band, but apparently it's a thing that occurred.
1: So I, again, I'd much
0: rather just watch a film about the Boxer Rebellion instead. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So during this scene, the Chinese are understandably upset with him for his missionary ways, and they chose to burn a cross on his back, as you do. Back in the present day, Quinn discovers that his daughter, Fionn, is pregnant, so he murders her, as you do. Oh,
1: God, yeah, that's rough. Uh,
0: he then tries to kill Jeremy, the father of the unborn child, after a struggle where Quinn has been slashed up a bit, he instructs the guards to capture Jeremy, who he accuses of having murdered his daughter. It's all going well.
1: Yeah, and that, this is the point where you're, like, you're very yeah. much in the camp of, I don't give a fuck.
0: I don't give a fuck. You can all kill each other as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. The script is the big problem here you can mm. tell he's good at making movies like if, you, if yeah, you're tell- if you telling me you can't you're yeah but like you you can tell he is well, I haven't but you seen can also just say he's made <laughs> but can you not even tell from from how this yeah, is put sure, together sure, yeah. Sure. yeah but you yeah, yeah. like you're just like so this is what i was referring to earlier like in sequences like that um he's shooting he's shooting wide angle and um you can see all the town people gathering and coming over and there's Big open space, and there's a beautiful set that he's visited, and mm, I would yeah, like to yeah. see that's a uh, sorry, a beautiful set that he's built, and I would like to see that set used uh, to support an action sequence or something. Quite yeah, frankly, fair It's just it's how it's put together, and I like I suppose like. Like we have discussed in previous podcasts, and no doubt we'll discuss again, Netflix came along with their Netflix checkbook and said, What would you like to do? I would like to make a horror movie. And they said, Yeah, that's what we do. We're Netflix. We're famous for for this kind of thing. But it just goes, Yeah, I mean, his uh, pair of hands just didn't turn themselves well to a horror movie.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring up Netflix later. I mean, he had no, basically, no feedback from Netflix at all. They just, he sent them you know bits and pieces they were yeah. on board from very early on in the production same as gerald's game very very similar kind of uh, production process mm. netflix let gareth evans do whatever he wanted and he said he was a little worried because i, I read this in one of his interviews that he's just been shooting really gory material as we see here in the film mm. and then passing it over to netflix and they were going yep sure no worries do what you want to do but surely This type of film, which, I mean, this is a well-worn point at this, or Mm. this is is well-trodden territory at this point, is Netflix has kind of shown that a studio system, there is some merit to the Hollywood system of how, basically, how feedback was given and how directors were ushered in a certain direction. Do you want to play production notes for a second? Yeah.
1: Okay so I'll 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 give a production note to Gareth Evans and then you can give one and I'll, okay so okay. first of all uh, the shit with the father at the start drop it we don't need it,
0: it is absolutely meaningless that's yeah. fair I would say maximum runtime 100 minutes maximum 100 minute runtime
1: I would chop that down to 90 I would 90, say 90
0: I was going to say 90 but 90 feels I don't know if I want to limit... I'm giving him a 100 max but ideally 90
1: We don't need any of that bollocks on the boat journey over. Just take us to the island, quick, please. It doesn't contribute anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then also just take the script and burn it.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, okay, we've started the game. But, like, there's so much you can do that, like, that whole... The subplot with the pregnancy, yeah, don't really need that either. It, yeah, actually, actually that if you're hacking, go, if then... you're hacking, if you're hacking the other stuff to bits, maybe that could survive. But then I would definitely say make g- give the island a sense of mystery. So it's like basically what he is. You know that thing in a horror film. Well, I suppose it's like I said at the start. It's the enter the dragon aspect. He knows he's going to a dangerous place, but at the same time, that's not how this. Fucking cult stuff works. It need, There needs to be an element of, oh, don't go to the basement. Don't go to the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's ju- he's just, I just am. O-. And also, yeah.
0: Blazes he's, right in.
1: Indeed. And then he's like, like yeah, he's just gawping. Like, how long does it actually last that he's in disguise on the island? Like, less than half the film? Five minutes? Yeah, it's just stupid.
0: He's like, uh, fuck this. And, yeah,
1: so basically, like, the makings of a good film are, no, they're not here. They're not. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, they, they just basically burn the script. Sorry, Gareth Evans, I love you. Um, it's what I mean to say. But yeah, not a fan of this.
0: Well, anyway, let's get back to the let's the get plot. back. So Jeremy has been captured. The young boy who was shagging Quinn's daughter, Fionn. Nice. So in the next fun scene, Jeremy is taken to the heathen stand, a brutal instrument of torture where the body is secured in vice grips before a hand-operated drill pierces the top of the skull and scoops out all the juicy, juicy innards.
1: Ooh, this is a rough scene. And
0: yeah, they don't even I don't show like, it. Uh, yeah, I don't really like the idea of a drill being inserted corkscrew-style into the top of my head. Not a fan, but I like stuff
1: like this in films, i <laughs> to be honest.
0: Speaking of fans, this is the point where the shit hits the fan, mm. because Frank is more than a little annoyed that Quinn has killed his son. So Frank races off to kill the witch before he himself is killed by the witch's zombie-like goon that's never explained.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, the the gimp from Pulp Fiction.
0: Yeah, the gimp comes and kills uh, Paul Higgins. The good Scott, proud Scotsman Paul Higgins is killed. And then at this point, Quinn turns into the big baddie and tries to kill Malcolm. I was a little disappointed when I found out that Mark Lewis Jones, who plays Quinn, is actually Welsh because he has an English accent. So I was constructing a theory in my head that on this island, occupied by an Englishman, a Scotsman, and a Welshman, that it was ultimately the Englishman who was evil. (laughs) Which would have been hilarious if Evans had meant to do that, if he traded that into the script. It'd have been well good. But it turns out out Mark Lewis Jones is actually Welsh, so disappointingly. Although he he does do a voice in The Witcher 3. So play that. Well, yeah. Credit where it's due. So to take us through to the end, uh, Thomas gets his hands mangled in an exceptionally gory scene, burns the witch, freeing her, much to the witch's relief, heads back to time, frees his sister and Andrea, And Andrea kills Quinn, helps the girls to the boat before seemingly succumbing to his wounds on a hilltop as Malcolm looks on. When Thomas's blood hits the soil, the grass is reborn, showing that Thomas has become a oh, new yeah. life giver and protector of the island, blah, blah, blah.
1: And then it, it goes all uh, the fountain.
0: Yeah, he's basically is all kind of spunking life on the island. Yeah,
1: he's going to be the the island goddess now.
0: And as the credits begin to roll, the timer says two hours and five minutes. Mm. Ouch. Ouch! Yeah. We only Nobody really sets out to make two... a bad movie. No, true. We only really have two locations in the film. There's like the island and the boat. Those are the main ones that you notice. And you barely notice the boat. Oh, there's the train. The train for a few seconds. The dad's office. Yeah, the dad's office. What's with the? Is it the dad who's just sitting in front of the fire? Yeah, we'd have no idea about him at all. He's just sitting there. It could be interesting, but yeah.
1: But I mean, there's madness. elements of the. There's elements of of a western here going on as well, for sure. Mm. You know, if if only for the time period, there 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 mm-hmm. are. Um, oh, it's a it's a it's a an odd movie, um, like aiming for so much and g- achieving so little. Um,
0: Evans is uh, Evans was writer, director, and editor on the project, so to me, that just suggests that he needed a bit more input from outside. And whether that could have come from Netflix or from mm. other collaborators, I don't know. I just it seems I understand the idea of giving complete creative control to a relatively untested director. I don't know if that's fair, but at least untested at this level, let's say of how, of the resources that he has. Well,
1: no, it, yeah, no, it's not entirely fair because I mean, even if you have not seen it, I'm sure um you remember The Raid. Yeah, I've made, heard of all the, raid stuff. the Raid made yeah. quite a splash in the film world yeah. when it came out. Um
0: I didn't and- need to watch those films.
1: And Netflix were in the habit of doing that at the time. They also did it with uh, Duncan Jones. They just offered him oh, a blank yeah. check and he turned up. I haven't up, watched
0: um, Mute because I heard it was mm. awful.
1: Yeah, yeah, same as. um, and My, my friend say, said to me exactly what we're saying about this, that, wow, maybe the studio system had its merits in the end.
0: Also, <laughs> I think so many people have said that about so many of these Netflix projects. So, I mean, I'm happy that from time to time there's things like gerald's game which work in my opinion but yeah
1: yeah i can't think of many other netflix films off the top of my head i saw one about well a sub- i mean
0: think about the think about the successful ones things like roma uncut gems oh yeah
1: yeah both you um, just named like two masterpieces yes yeah, essentially and are, exactly and, so like those are amazing I, films uh the irish man is too long but i mean it's pretty good
0: yeah. Okay. So they, they mi- have they just have a mixed batting average, really. But if they were willing to just flush money down the toilet, then fuck it. Why but
1: not? where you can really see how Netflix works is more so with its TV work than its movie work. But yes. it's the same kind of aesthetic in that they're like like metal bands or or uh, bad fantasy. Netflix are more about, and sorry Netflix for saying this, Netflix are more about quantity than quality. That's their thing is to, like I listen to some, a lot of TV review podcasts and they try and stretch or divide their reviews amongst the different streaming platforms. And right. they can, they just cannot keep up with Netflix's
0: output. Yeah, I mean, this there is too much stuff coming. And out. And Netflix's,
1: anything, but... can, Netflix cancels far more shows than it keeps going after the first season. It just like it'll that is act, a
0: really disturbing trend.
1: It'll just act like, for example, something like that. I just thought was terrific. Uh, did you watch the OA when it came out? No. Like, that got axed at the end of its second season, probably because yeah. 100 billion people weren't watching it all the time. It, I don't think it matters to them so much. What matters to them is just not exactly sustaining stories, but just keeping the buzz going. Yeah. Like, for example, when Brooklyn Nine-Nine went away, it coming back generated a little bit more buzz. Like, Gareth Evans's next uh, film is going to be an, a Netflix exclusive. That's a little bit of a buzz, you know what I mean? They don't yeah. give they they don't give a fuck what people th- actually think of the Irishman because guess
0: what Netflix do they, is, yeah do they even care how it's received I don't um, think just so. trying to does it even it's just more content and it's on a streaming platform it's not like I don't know yeah it feels so, like it's the metric is completely different
1: like while 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 people were saying about the Irishman it was like Goodfellas if they uh, left in all the scenes where they book tables at restaurants and check into hotels like all the boring scenes Netflix were just going wow people are talking about Netflix allowing Martin Scorsese to make a nearly four hour film
0: you Plus, know if a film is if a film is longer for them it's more content
1: yeah but I like <laughs> I don't think I don't think that matters to them even slightly because they don't release their metrics very often but when they do they release it, with regards to somebody watching
0: you don't have to watch
1: the full thing of it for it to count as a view and some people say How,
0: can you remember what the percentage is uh, i think it's or 10 minutes they said exactly what it was, 10 minutes
1: i think it's 10 minutes um and like some people have dismissed that as them showing off and writing up their score of getting people's attention but i don't think i don't think they they are i think the metric they're going for i think they have Taken into account the fact that people will flick between things, so they right. they will count it like like whether you like it or not, it's still a win for them because you clicked okay. That's I genuinely think that's the way they work at it, and that's why I did, like. It might seem like it might seem like how would I put it? This film failed. This film was a failure. Uh, critically, commercially, fans of the raid nobody really liked it. I, Evans didn't even really like it. I've heard him, him talk uh, Livy about it in interviews. But Netflix got to say Gareth Evans' next film is is on Netflix, and we're
0: allowing him do what it wants. Have want. they signed him up for another one? You think? I don't
1: believe so. I think he's going to be he's his next film is uh, he's going back so he's to going the back raid to Indonesia. style yeah. of filmmaking. Uh, it's got some name like bullet smash or something like that i can't recall now but if you look at it starring you, I, steven seagal and actually if you want the uh, to see a preview of what i was speaking about earlier with the way he shoots actions and does the the previs of it with all his cameramen to practice the moves of how they're going to shoot it there's plenty they've done all the practice um shooting for his next film there's definitely a more technical term for it than that but the practice shooting will live with that they've done all of that and you can see sequences of how they did it on his Instagram account. Um, all right. gareth evans it's some some bullet smash or something shit like that but he's also going to be uh, directing a few episodes of the second season of
0: gangs of london every time i say gareth evans's name i have this hesitation that i feel like it's the wrong name because there was a a football player who played for hibbs in the early 90s called gareth evans and there was also it's, it's really messing with my brain
1: there was a, a another Gareth who came out at the same time as this Gareth.
0: Um, oh who, yeah, the one who did uh, Rogue, Rogue, one. Rogue One and, and Monsters, M- Monsters
1: and Godzilla. Yeah,
0: Gareth. Gareth G- Star Wars is his name, I believe. Yeah, because I
1: believe his name is Gareth Star Wars. <laughs> I'm going to Google Gareth
0: Star Wars so I'll see what comes <laughs> That'll, up. That'll it'll give you the answer. Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Gareth Edwards, also known there as Gareth Star Wars. There's I'm going to he... edit his Wikipedia to add that name. <laughs> Do you know he hasn't worked since Rogue One? Uh Rogue One. Or oh, the last thing he did was he was an he was an extra in uh The Last Jedi. <laughs> Sounds so, Jesus insult fucking... to injury there.
1: Yeah. God yeah. N- uh, Disney will crush you. Disney will Indeed. crush you. Um that's a pity. His first film is so excellent. Monsters is an excellent film. I haven't seen it because Of course you fucking it's... haven't. I, well, how
0: have you seen literally every film that's ever existed
1: <laughs> i mean you gotta avoid life someday and i've recently given up booze as well you know well uh, i've given up
0: films <laughs> i can I see watch that. two a week i'm honest i've got two a week habit
1: <laughs> all right all right all right so uh, that brings
0: us to our second film yeah two films
1: i mean that was a big ass flopperoo from the netflix system i think we can agree yeah. on that um, the next film How, why did about, you choose
0: that was it just uh, why did wanted, that come to I mind to complete my Gareth Evans oh, filmography so you, you've, you've, I you've also, got a little card that you've ticked off like a bingo card kind of and I
1: also like despite the fact that mm-hmm. I've heard the bad things about it um, <laughs> sometimes I think of films from filmmakers I admire that I haven't seen that do get a bit of a critical kicking I think of them like um, you know uh, a woman who gets with a bad guy And believes believes she understands him You know what I mean I think to myself Wait, so what,
0: what are you in this uh, situation You're I'm the, the battered woman Okay,
1: I'm a battered woman And the bad films are battering me And I'm like no I can change him uh, <laughs> But it turns out that the critics were right uh, Which is disappointing to say Yeah It's like it, ugh, The most overwhelming smack in the face I got from this kind of attitude Was years ago when I had, for some reason, just spent the longest time uh, standing around at parties defending uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Uh, we never and then- went
0: to the same parties, huh? <laughs> no, this was a long time ago. I'm but there,
1: which there are good there are good things in that film. But the reason I had been defending it is because apparently I had only remembered the good parts. And then when it got this, re- is, this is
0: why you quit drinking, right? Because you were just standing around at parties <laughs> talking about the Phantom Menace. That's a well, good reason I, to give up alcohol.
1: I know. I. Can't. I quit drinking because I wanted to remember the Phantom Menace and never make the same mistake again. Look, no, I went to see it on its three D re-release, and that was a real gut Goodness. punch for me because it was like it was. I remember not being twenty There's minutes. There's always a bigger fish. I remember around that point in the film going, "Oh God, this is this is fucking really mm-hmm. bad. This is a dreadful film." Um, and i I completely concur with what James Cameron said about the Star Wars prequels. He said that there's much more imagination in the Star Wars prequels than the, the newer sequels, yeah. the JJ Abrams one. Like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. he's right, but it doesn't change the fact that the prequels yeah, yeah, are yeah, yeah. fucking They're dreadful. Boring. They're fucking yeah. terrible. And they brought Hayden Christianson to the world, which is not a good thing.
0: Um, oh, come on. He's not mm-hmm. that bad. I like uh, shattered, shattered glass. That's a good Hayden Christensen performance.
1: Uh, you, there you go. Now you name a, f- a film you've uh, seen that I have not.
0: Virgin Virgin suicides. Is he in Virgin Suicides?
1: Yeah. All right. Is he a little boy? Or was he becoming a teenager? He's with that young.
0: Boy? Yeah, he's a teenager, I would say.
1: Oh, wait. Sure. I'm, this is how stupid I am. I just thought that Hayden Christensen was the little boy in Phantom Menace as well. That's how stupid I am.
0: No, no I, that's, that's Jake Lloyd. And poor Jake Lloyd, because his life uh, got very hard after that. Did he it? He went to prison. He went to prison. Why? What did he do? believe so, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on this poor man's life all oh, right I don't know right. what happened exactly How? I think there's there's photos of him like being he'd been banged up.
1: What's his name again?
0: Jake Lloyd?
1: You see, how can you not be watching films and be wasting time knowing the names of people like fucking
0: Jake Lloyd? <laughs> because you invest, your, yeah, you invest your time in watching films, and I invest it in memorising the internet movie database and Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia of obscure actors. Between the two of us, I'm child sure we, we, have, of the late 90s.
1: we have a lot of bases covered. I'll just be talking a, about a, a film and I'll go, uh, 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 and then you can just fill in my blanks. Yeah. Um, speaking data, of blanks, hard data. they could be the blanks that Bruce Greenwood's character, Gerald, was shooting... Uh,
0: in our, No, that was a terrible segue make, He's not shooting blanks He just has to take some Viagra <laughs> To Viagra uh, well, That was which, probably a mistake On the Which whole. is
1: one of the many ways that Mike Flanagan Updated the original novel Because of course in 1992 When Gerald's Game Came out Back Viagra, when
0: Brandon Lee was still alive
1: Viagra was not available mm. It was not on the market Okay so, That's when you had
0: to shoot blanks Indeed, that was it. To try and get your penis working. Yeah, and there wasn't a
1: name for incel. You just killed yourself. That was all. Yeah. Um,
0: This is this is a strange introduction.
1: (laughs) Well, all right then. So, Gerald's game is Mike Flanagan's 2017 adaptation of Stephen King's 1992 book of the same name. Are you a Stephen King fan?
0: Yes, I would say I am. I attempted to listen to the. King cast shots fired, but I don't like it. what's the kingcast um, which is a it's a podcast of um a couple of film writers uh breaking down basically all of Stephen King's books and films and comparing the books and the films. oh and they have a lot of famous guests on
1: there's too much um, of that anyway. Uh, as yeah, in there's to, too to... much
0: of people talking about two things, <laughs> 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 two remote uh, interconnected things and comparing them.
1: No, I mean too much. Uh, there's too much Stephen King people stuff talking, and there's loads of it. that's well, nice. there is a
0: lot. There's there's a lot to choose from. So it must be, be over. He's he's got a
1: 62 novels alone now. I think anyway. Stephen um, Stephen King's books would have been very formative for me.
0: I like Stephen King. Is what I'm saying, yeah, me too.
1: Except for like a bad patch in my teenage years, I've been—I've always been a huge horror fan. The bad patch was for some reason after I saw The Sixth Sense, I was just too scared to. I avoided horror for like two years after that. Don't ask me why. I've always been a horror fan, but a film has never traumatized me quite like M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense. Anyway, uh, and King's books were like the first thing I ever read that um, got my horror adrenaline. Pumping you know to the point that like I would have would have had to read his books in my living room surrounded by my family because I was so scared of them but I could not I could not stop reading but I like would literally have been I don't remember really being
0: scared by a book
1: I remember not being able to sleep on holiday in France because of The Shining I I remember I read The Green Mile while recovering from meningitis. Mm. Um, I still occasionally read like his new books. Um, I, I read Under the Dome, for example, although it's hardly new anymore. But I remember I bought that when it came out, and like Has that I re- turned
0: into a TV series.
1: It was, it, which is all right, actually. Mm. Uh, I want to watch his. I want to read his um, Kennedy assassination one. Oh, I've read and watched that. Uh, What's it called it...
0: Eleven Twenty Three Sixty Nine? That's the one. one. 2, 1 2. Even Three though, one, I'll tell nine, you what, eight, HBO
1: one. produced a TV show last year with Ben Mendelsohn called The Outside. Yeah, I
0: watched that. Outsider, which yeah, Which is... Started amazing. Really well, well, like a Stephen King book. This is the
1: thing. I was yeah. watching that and going, this feel... This is... The experience my brain is going through watching this show is seamless. It's as though I'm reading a Stephen King book, but I'm watching it. it like, I thought they absolutely just nailed the tone of a Stephen King book. And Stephen King famously is not great at nailing an ending um right but anyway i like i still even occasionally revisit his his early books particularly like i read salem's lot again last year the stand maybe the year before i think jesus I, like-
0: christ how do you have this much time if <laughs> you watched every and read everything the stand is like about a thousand pages as well. have
1: you ever read the stand
0: Yes, when I was a kid. Oh, it's I fucking, liked it. I mean, I'm terrific. looking forward to the, There's a new adaptation. Yeah, a TV there's a miniseries coming, coming out, out shortly. Yeah, a next, few years ago, uh, they, when January, they were developing think, that one.
1: miniseries, it was going to be Matthew McConaughey playing Randall Flag. Which, um, oh, right, oh, right, At the right. moment, it's uh, Bill Sarsgaard. No, no, the other. No, Hansel. it's Alexander. Yes, that's the one. Alexander Sarsgaard. Anyway. Reading Gerald's Game as a teenager was the one that kind of stopped me in my tracks with King for a couple of years because I found it so fucking disturbing. Um, it's one of the one of only two books to ever have me put it down, f- like 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 Joey from Friends putting the shining in the freezer. I I had to put the brakes on Gerald's Game and American Psycho. The, like I was just reading them as a teenager. And I, was, I
0: read American Psycho as a teenager as well, and you
1: you you were able to make it the whole way through.
0: I turned out perfectly fine. <laughs> I mean, I did very little damage to to my <laughs> mental well being.
1: Your your hood and the background—something about that combination makes you look like Frank <laughs> Gallagher. And off you can't, of shameless. you can't see
0: me right now. That's true. <laughs> I've just um, been uh, enjoying some Huey Lewis and the News. And oh right, yeah, like Patrick Bateman. Yeah, yeah I had like to put Patrick that down.
1: Um, oh, and I, I also just to keep the—I have a Stephen King story. Do you want to hear my Stephen King story?
0: Please, did you uh, meet him?
1: No, I did not, but so did you, you run him over? No, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. uh, I sold him Coke. no, um, so I was a waiter um for years in a little pub, my hometown in Ireland in Ennis, and um the way it would go would be a couple like American tours would come to the hotel and stay for a week and travel around Ireland, so you'd get to know them, and they'd give you a big tip at the end of the week. It was great, and I got to know this um couple reasonably well they were from maine and i had said to them on the first day when they said they were from maine oh the only thing i know about maine is stephen king's from there i said I was a big stephen king fan and at the time i would have had aspirations uh, to be a writer and, and i would have mentioned that and um they mentioned that they were stephen king's next door neighbors basically and that they knew him oh well God. and when i uh, Uh, When they got back, they would uh, petition him to send me over my favorite Stephen King book signed and everything. And uh, I thought, oh, wow, that's fantastic. A copy of The Shining would be nice. That'd be awesome. Um, And I just didn't think it ever happened. It must have been, honestly, must have been a year later. Uh, package comes to the hotel with a letter from the Stephen and Tabitha King Foundation typed up and signed to me and then the inside of the book signed to me but it wasn't The Shining, it was his latest release which of course I couldn't have given less of a fuck about Boxcar Billy what or something it? some uh, baseball book, I actually have not read it. So I hope he because... burnt it <laughs> No, no, I still have it at home I thought it was, you know, just a, a nice story and it says, uh, Dear Donica, name spelled correctly which is a fucking rarity, let me tell yeah, you Yeah, it's a miracle uh, Said, uh, uh, Dear Donica, um Good luck with the writing and keep it up science. Just Stephen imagine King. just mm.
0: imagine the look on Stephen King's face when his neighbors came back and said, like, Oh yeah, we met some Irish kid, you need to send him a book. But he's just <laughs> like, Oh, for fuck's sake again. Another one. Another person I don't care about. <laughs> do, you, do you think
1: do you think he based like some I don't know, mechanic bum in one of his stories that gets a gory death on me and called him Donica And I haven't read yeah, the later absolutely. book. I haven't read the later book, so I don't know. Um, yeah,
0: probably. Probably he, the one he sent you. It's probably just, that's a personalized novel. Well, he would be very much into that, how that. he's in going to kill you.
1: Thinly veiling aspects of his life into his work. The Misery was famously about um, when he took a departure and wrote a fantasy novel and people were giving and out. Yeah, sh- people hated it. Yeah, and they yeah. wanted to hobble him. Indeed, so he he wrote misery about um yeah, the romance novelist played by James Cann who kills off uh, his much loved character. Anyway, um so getting back to what we're meant to be talking about, uh I Stephen King covered Are You are, those Now you are
0: uh
1: Mike Flanagan fan.
0: I was I was tr- saying that, but then in reality <laughs> I've only watched Doctor Sleep and the first season of Haunting of Hill House. I haven't which, watched which the Haunting is, which of my Manner,
1: which was the best thing on TV that year. I would. Yeah, say. I
0: loved it. I thought it was great, and I really like Doctor Sleep as well.
1: Yeah, you've mentioned that, and I, I, I would like. I I would like to get around to that eventually. I would like to read the book first. Is my is my only ah. thing, but um, I do, and I've I've seen Oculus as well of uh, Mike Flanagan. I really like the was way it, he directs. What's our... another one?
0: Is like Before I. Before I wake or something like that. There's a few others. I'm
1: not sure. Oh, uh, d- d- Hush! D- 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 yeah, yeah, before I wake, well.
0: and then he did the sequel. Because I I think when I first really heard about him was when he did that the Ouija Ouija Origin of Evil, which is a sequel to like a supposedly fairly shit horror film, and he signed up to to make the second one, and it's supposed to be good because he knows what he's doing, obviously.
1: Mm. Well, like that's the wonderful thing about the way he makes films it feels like a new approach it's very slick and stylish but it feels it feels like a new approach but at the same time somehow feels like cl- classical. classical or something mm. yeah no because it like he'll tell gnarly stories but with the like a lot of old english horror films for example have a tinge of uh, almost gothic romance to them and a lot, like for example, Oculus. His film about the fucking haunted mirror, um, is is about a, a brother and a sister. Uh, what's her name? The hot ginger one. In you Oculus, know, you know who I'm talking about. The she's Doctor Who's mate. Uh, she's in. She's always the sister in Avengers.
0: Oh yeah, Karen Gillen. Karen yeah. Gillan, uh, uh, Scottish anyway. lady. So she's
1: yeah. Uh her and her brother, uh, basic. they discover that a haunted mirror has caused all of the members of their family to die. And they're determined to catch on video oh, this, man, this mirror being a haunted cunt. But basically... That sounds
0: decent. Is it any good?
1: Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I, I really like that. No, I want to watch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, lesser horror would not have focused so much on their relationship. But yeah. focusing on their relationship on is the mirror. what... Yeah, focus on their relationship is is what made it work, made you care about them, and that's what Flanagan I think that's what, has gone the, yeah, for.
0: That's what happens in Gerald's game as well, right? Yeah, oh well, definitely. Um, so we'll sure
1: we'll get started on it. Yeah. Um, the film stars uh, Carla Gugino. Gugino is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Who's still Gugino. one of the most beautiful women in the world. Um. And um, Bruce Greenwood Who's still well, one He's of, a, a beautiful
0: man He's a hard piece of ass Jesus in Christ In his
1: 60s He's he's—he's in his 60s He looks good, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he's solid He's a, a piece, what, a solid piece of mahogany
1: He was a captain in Star Trek as well So, I mean, that's pretty cool
0: He's been in everything
1: um, So he stars as the titular Gerald And they're a married couple Who are spending a weekend at a lake house Trying to um, rekindle something in their marriage on the way out there gerald drops a viagra uh, and they also Ooh. see uh, a wee dog eating some roadkill and she wants to stop and help him he's like nah fuck that dog uh, then they get to the lake house and she sees the dog again and decides to put out some kobe beef
0: for the dog to kobe. eat. that really annoyed me when i was watching it because he calls it kobe Oh, I would would have called it Kobe. Is it Kobe? I know as well. That's why you should be fed to a dog. Yeah,
1: Kobe. <laughs> I, well, it annoyed me that she was fucking putting it out for the dog, to be honest. I it was, did
0: look amazing. Yeah, it I looked incredible. I don't incredible. eat meat very often, and I thought, yes, I would like to eat that.
1: I would have eaten that raw. It looked spectacular. Yeah. Like, it looks so good. Um. Anyway, yeah, so he uh, he says, "Oh, whatever. You can it'll be the best meat he ever had. Now let's go." Then they go back inside. <laughs> "This the- is the best meat you've ever had." Dog. No. <laughs> oh god. Jeez, you sounded like one of the <laughs> one of the football hooligan gang in Marabou Stark nightmares. Nah, a classic. All right, there you go. <laughs> Your reference game is sick, bro. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, okay, anyway, then they uh, they go back inside the house. Uh, she leaves the door slightly ajar and then she pops into the bedroom to get ready for Bruce Greenwood, aka Gerald, um slipping on like a new sexy nighty and doing some sexy poses, mm. etc. He pops She looks
0: second. horribly uncomfortable throughout that.
1: Yes, indeed. And she he pops a second Viagra and um I then, didn't
0: notice the first Viagra. It's in the car. He did it in the car. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even
1: notice that. And then, next, I he was
0: just having sweets,
1: <laughs> indeed. Then Would next you? thing, he comes in with a pair of handcuffs.
0: Well, heavy duty. Handcuffs two sets of
1: heavy duty handcuffs yeah. and handcuffs her to the bed, and it becomes very clear as he m- mounts her and asks her to scream, no, that he wants to uh, enact a, a rape fantasy, and she is very mm-hmm. quickly not fucking into it. Um, they begin to argue, he accuses her of never wanting to have actually wanted to rekindle their marriage, and then all of a sudden, boom, Gerald dies of a heart attack, and we're in the game. Now this is... And that's is, the end. And This is it, yeah. This is just atypical um, of what Stephen King is good at, because, yeah, it, people say it a lot, and they are right, he's not great at sticking a landing, but Stephen King is a fucking concept machine. He'll just think, what if... Do, do, yeah, I can make a book out of that. Like, have you ever read or seen the film um, The Mist? Yes. The original concept for that was he was just waiting in traffic and he thought about a giant bug walking over his car. That's, that's, that's what made him think <laughs> of The fucking Mist.
0: In um, the film, that's definitely the most uh, iconic scene or... Well, apart from the, apart from the controversial ending, yes, which is not in the the book, actually. Sort of giant, yeah, yeah. That's which Stephen King liked the film ending more, apparently. But Mm. just seeing, there's a certain point where they're driving around and they see like kind of the massive insect things, the massive bugs walking around
1: you see you this might be a question for the end but i probably i mightn't remember to a, uh, ask it you've seen dr sleep you really liked it i yeah who would you say is the quintessential king king adapter now is it frank darabont or mike flanagan definitely
0: flanagan for me
1: oh fair enough okay so anyway gerald dies
0: he's on the floor um, well actually i mean it's you're talking about if you're up against like shawshank redemption as a film it. that's quite tough and of and green mile as well i yeah i guess it's but if I, if for horror, I would go Flanagan. But for overall drama, I would go for uh, Frank Darabont.
1: Well, you see, the thing is, the best King adaptation is the Shawshank Redemption.
0: It is. Yeah, but it's a shite short story. I mean, there's not there's not much to it. Shite might be harsh, but there's not much to it as a story.
1: Uh, yeah, which I think, you know, that's what, to me, would impress me as an adaptation, let's say.
0: Yeah, that's you know? fair. But yeah, he filled in a lot of blanks.
1: Uh, yeah, um and uh, uh, well, of course I suppose the the great the great feat of adaptation of The Shining is it definitely does capture the mood of that book and leaves out all the bollocks about the hedges moving.
0: He uh Stephen King really liked Dr. Sleep because he felt that it, for him it justified uh Kubrick's adaptation of The Shining.
1: Oh wow. I really must uh watch this.
0: So for him, it kind of put it back into a context that he appreciated because he didn't like what Kubrick had done, the changes that he'd made to to the original novel. The
1: trailer for Dr. Sleep looks terrific. A,
0: yeah, it looks yeah, it terrific. Is a solid, it's it solid. It's more of a, feels like a kind of action film at times. Mm. It's certainly not a horror film. It's Rebecca more a, Ferguson's It's more of a kind of action looks, thriller.
1: I will certainly give it a go.
0: Mm, yeah, it's solid.
1: We've got a really It's also f-
0: long, it's very long, but it's I've seen that and there's a director's direct. cut as well. Yeah, I think I watched the director's cut.
1: Um, we've got a very sh- uh, nice shocking little bit of violence that happens here, um which is when Gerald so Gerald has his heart attack and falls on the floor and then just as you're watching and all you're doing is the camera is focusing on the floor and you when you just mm. see the blood creep out the blood, uh, across blood the floor and you're like, "Oh fuck." The guy's dead. That's really, really affecting. Just a really, really well directed. um
0: I think the sequence. only thing I didn't, the only thing I didn't particularly like about the star of this film was that I didn't really buy them as a as a married couple who've been married for eleven years. I like can, it. Get you get the vibe that they barely that. know each other. Yeah, I suppose it's done for plot purposes, given the character reveals throughout. But it just. It just felt I, really awful. That, that
1: wouldn't be my theory about it. it. Is no? that I think I think that those two actors have probably worked too much to inhabit these roles convincingly. They are just they're like there. There are certain actors that I think they work too much. They not too much. They work so much that what they're best at, and eventually, all they can really achieve is a sort of a heightened reality. Um, mm. Which somebody like Sarah Paulson is the definition of this. Sarah Paulson to me cannot play down to earth just because she's just larger than life. Been larger than life far too often, and that's just okay. it, you know. And like and another ver- more famous version would be um, Patrick Stewart. Try putting Patrick Stewart <laughs> down to work, down to earth. It's fucking impossible. Um, and I think we, that also. I don't think it helps that um, Bruce Greenwood has fucking abs like the statue of David (laughs) that's just disturbing giving his age Um, so there are things like that but that's neither here nor there because very soon it just becomes a very well shot character piece about uh, Jesse handcuffed to the bed very very quickly going mad because of course one of the first things that she she sees so uh, Handcuffed to the bed She starts to see visions Um, But before any of these And maybe this is the thing That spurs the visions out of her And begins to have her lose her marbles Is uh, the dog that she fed the Kobe Kobe beef (laughs) Kobe (laughs) Kobe beef To um, Comes in and starts to fucking eat Gerald's face In what is some really effective gore And not even the most effective gore In the fucking movie yeah. Um, but it, that is instantly like tough going because I don't know whatever way they did the prosthetics, but just the way the dog's chewing works with whatever they're using as the flesh <laughs> it's for that good, hand. Yeah, sound, sound design is, is good. Wow. I mean, it, it's it, like, it's just as I'll, highest compliment I can give. It's just as grim and disturbing as I remember the book being. Mm-hmm. Ge- like and the, the book really really shook me i would have been about to be fair i was probably too young to be reading. i was would have been 13 or 14 but yeah really really shook me anyway
0: then at this point like when when gerald stands up and starts mm. talking yes. i was so re- i was so relieved i was so relieved because huh. I I'd, I'd realized at that point i was like oh no is this isn't going to be one of those films where the car. The next hour and a half is just going to be this character trying to get out of the bed with no dialogue. Ah, I was right, yeah. I was don't shitting. My- I was absolutely <laughs> shitting myself. And like as a, soon as she all started is lost, talking but to on a bed. yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> what I was fearing. I just felt like, oh man, I'm sure. I like I was. I felt like, oh, I'm sure it will be great, but I just don't know if I can deal with that. I need conversation. So as soon as she started that, I was like, oh, dialogue. Thank God, I need Indeed, dialogue. Yeah.
1: So then they start. Immediately talking about their marriage, she can still see dead Gerald's foot on the floor, so she knows she's actually going a bit she's mad. She's Lost her mind, um, and then she starts to get uh, really, really thirsty. Um, and that's only be- a few hours. Well, who knows? Because that's hot, the thing: eh? the time seems to be jumping around on her and on us. We don't. We're not keeping track of time very well um so the only
0: the only metric she has of time is that her hallucination of Gerald is telling her how many hours have passed. is that it? oh yeah, yeah he yeah, tells yeah, her like yeah, yeah, he yeah, arrived he... at this time blah 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 it's been five hours now but then and it's at
1: this time. point that the self-assured Jesse arrives and starts boot trying to boost her confidence in the
0: face of yeah. Gerald so um, yeah we end up with like the good angel bad angel basically hmm um oh right, yeah yeah that's the dynamic
1: actually yeah yeah the positive totally.
0: and negative elements of her subconscious
1: so she remembers through doing some Sherlock Holmesing by looking around the room that there is a glass of water on the shelf above her it is the glass of water that Gerald used to swallow her uh, swallow his viagra um So it becomes her mission to get a hold of that and get a hold of that water. She finally gets a hold of it, but she can't quite get it to her mouth because of the handcuffs. And the self-assured Jesse convinced her to put back down the glass and wait until she can figure out a solution as opposed to rushing into it rashly. Now, look, I think we would lose a bit in the discussion if we went at this purely chronologically, because it is just a mood piece. So instead I would like rather go at it from the things that come up for them in conversation. Do you know what I mean? You mean
0: all of the flashbacks?
1: Well basically yeah every or all like, of that. I mean the, it's her just the rest dealing of the with movie,
0: childhood trauma.
1: Yes, exactly. With the rest of, so it's basically how would you put how would I put it in freudian terms I suppose fucking Gerald is kind of acting like her sort of unknowing super ego like he's attacking her and criticizing her right and she's talking back at at him and they they reminisce on something even though it is obviously all just happening in her head which would be the viagra and how she discovered it and pretended like she didn't discover it and then one time he didn't take it and he didn't get hard and then he started to choke her and he did get hard etc etc this but then also that he hadn't touched her in months or looked at her in months um, and basically he had been in his head going the way of the rape fantasy for quite some time. And she was not willing to, to join him there, even though she was willing to go through a little bit of this shenanigans to try and save their marriage. I liked that, all of this stuff. Because, oh yeah. I mean, brilliant. it's
0: like the argument or at least what, what people talked about with Gerald's game, game was they, it was unfilmable. It was famously unfilmable. Yeah. By And then, of course, what they did, uh, what Flanagan did was took everything that was an inner dialogue or inner monologue and turned it into this kind of outward dialogue with the th- three characters, a kind of three character play with flashbacks to uh, Jesse's childhood trauma.
1: Well, there is one other, um, there is one other hallucinated character in the uh, yeah. book that he filters out of this, which I believe is her college
0: roommate. Plays a big oh, part. I thought in you it. were talking about Daddy, but then that's another.
1: Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does feature in it. Uh, right. Elliot from ET. Um yeah.
0: Henry Thomas. He's a legend,
1: indeed. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So then we've got that back and forth with Gerald about the Viagra, and then it's strange because the self-assured Jesse makes reference to something that happened during an eclipse when she was a kid, something that Gerald appears to know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. Um, her husband. And we can immediately tell in the way uh, Ka- uh, Carla Gugini. Gug- Gug- Gugino, I say. Gugino? Gugino. Gugino. I think Baby Yoda was named after her this week, yeah. actually. Carla uh, Grogu. Carla um, uh, Grogu. Carla Go- uh, Gugini. Gugino. Oh, shut up. Fucking Jessie. Like a
0: Dino, eh? Um
1: yeah, by Jessie, the way yeah. by the way she acts it, we can tell that it was a really formative event. And then we flashback to when she was a kid and she's on holidays with her family. And it I don't maybe it's just because I had read the book before, but did you not know where this was going from the second you saw Henry Thomas? I have to ask.
0: How is Henry Thomas introduced? Um how do they introduce the dad? Well, she says something and she says something happened when she when there was an eclipse. Yeah, you immediately do get the impression. As soon as you see the family mm. and he's he's the only male at the table.
1: Yeah. And you just right? know there's or, or there's
0: maybe there's like a young son as well, but it's just him, so you're like, Yeah, okay, I guess Henry Thomas is the baddie there.
1: And you just know there's gonna be some molesting coming and yeah. Um. So, what happens is, young Jessie overhears her parents arguing about how uh, the father placates Jessie too much. Um, she doesn't want to go mm-hmm. out on the boat. They're going to go out on the boat to see the eclipse, and then she opts to stay back there with him, or rather, he. She moans enough that, she, and he says he will, and then he sits her on his lap and jerks off and it's um uh really really grim without showing much which is without showing anything really but it's totally effective at the same time which
0: it's it's interesting because it is it's horrible obviously Mm. it's completely horrible but what happens later in the conversation in the bedroom which doesn't involve sexual abuse is so much worse and just feels way worse
1: Oh yeah, the way yeah, yeah. that he
0: like he kind of well he places shackles on he places metaphorical handcuffs on her for the rest of her life. Yeah, so what he, he ad- does is actually show they show as literal handcuffs later as well.
1: He's he says to her that he's going to have to tell her mother because what Ugh. they did was what they did was wrong, and then she, he puts her in the position of begging him yeah. not to tell the mother which is yeah. how you can imagine older relatives would trap their victims mm-hmm. um, with this kind of um, mental rhetoric. Uh, so, yeah, that's particularly sickening. But, but then she comes out of this uh, flashback, and we see the giant from Twin Peaks standing at the end of so her bed. He was bed. also
0: Lurch in the Addams Family.
1: L- and Lurch in the Adams Family standing yeah, at I the don't. end of her bed with a, with a briefcase full of trinkets. And I, be- I think she becomes convinced that he is death coming for her.
0: Because that's what the, her Gerald hallucination is trying to convince her of, mm. or she's trying to convince herself of.
1: And she says that he's made of moonlight. um. Mm. um but then she does spot a big, massive owl uh, footprint on the floor.
0: In the blood, yeah. Indeed. So... So you, you'd already read this, so you knew, I had no idea what was going on, and I was watching this film again, headphones on, lying mm. in bed, <laughs> on, the, like on, on, on the big screen that I have, the mm. projector, and I was hiding under the covers <laughs> at this point. You were that scared? <laughs> I, I, Mike Flanagan's work scares me. <laughs> constantly well, I, mean, I find this scary
1: i watch a lot of horror films i suppose i've become partially desensitized because this is not the part that really freaks me the fuck out
0: in this the part that freaked me the fuck out is coming up um well the gore the gore of it yes or uh see gore doesn't bother i mean gore i'm just kind of like i hide away a little bit
1: Oh dude, but really? I, this
0: is, it's the it's the psychological stuff that bothers me. I don't care if people get their hands all mashed up. I don't okay, want to so see I'm, it. Okay, so I'm going to I'm
1: going to talk the fucking listeners through <laughs> this. Um fair warning. So then Jessie remembers that the night she was abused, one of the ways she seemed to um process it was at the when they were at the dinner table, she squeezed a glass so hard that she smashed it into the palm of her hand. Yeah. And then she figures that she could do this with the glass that she's gotten her drink from already so she smashes the glass cuts her wrist open in a way that yeah, enables her to peel back the skin almost making her hand yeah. come off like a glove and I believe pulling it out it's called
0: degloving right Ugh.
1: it is f- the only thing i can remember being quite disgusting. as effective as that was When um, Aaron Ralston or James Franco cuts off his arm in 127 hours. It is so. it's how did you not see the hundred <laughs> anyway?
0: <laughs> because it's I don't the same reason that I suddenly felt that I the same reason I was worried about watching this after in the first 10 minutes because I don't want to watch a guy with a boulder trapped on his arm spending 90 minutes trying to escape from well, the situation. Well, they do loads
1: of flashbacks and thank God stuff as well, maybe don't I'll worry. Watch it. but that's yeah.
0: literally why I haven't watched that is because I was just worried there was Franco with a boulder on his arm going ah
1: I mean there's a lot of that I'm not going to lie she's probably less dialogue than this certainly Um, anyway yeah she gets her mess of a fucking hand through the cuff uh, gets the bed over gets the key and unlocks herself bandages up has a drink and then passes the fuck out on the floor then when she wakes up the man made of moonlight is at the end of the hallway of the house and she gives him the wedding ring her wedding ring uh, yeah she gives him a red a wedding ring and drives away as though she's giving it to death and then she gets in into the car and drives away she almost crashes almost crashes then she sees the guy in the back seat again that's it that scared me that was a good scare um, that's a uh, classic
0: Flanagan I mean he used that again in Haunting of Hill House I can't recall, did he? there's towards the end of uh, of this first season of the, well, the Haunting of Hill House season there's a scene where the two of the sisters are driving in the car mm. and then suddenly out of nowhere I think it's like the dead, one of the dead sisters is just on the back seat and flies forward to the front oh yeah it's yeah. a really, I mean, it's a bit more of a, I mean, as if I want to watch, not, I want to watch scares, that again, it's a bit more of a jump scare. Yeah, me too. Hey, I still, I need to watch Haunting a Blind Manor as well.
1: Hey, I'm halfway through and I'm not enjoying it that
0: much. That's why I heard that. That's mm-hmm. again, is one of these things that's paying me off as I've heard. It's not as good.
1: Anyway, car crashes into the tree and we see in the distance people coming out of a house and they're going to um, rescue her. Now, remember what we said earlier? King is famous for not quite sticking a landing. Mm. Like for me, this film and probably in turn, the book could easily end with you seeing the people coming out of the house to rescue her. And maybe she's recuperating with her inheritance and that's, that's it. But instead what we get is she's writing a letter to her 12 year old self um, and finding it difficult. Cause she got her mangled hand and we learn what, in fact, happened. So she she used the money she inherited from Gerald to start a foundation for victims of sexual abuse and then figured out through reading the news... Well, basically what happened was the people who checked out the house afterwards could not find her wedding ring. So um, initially this seems like it might be leaning into some sort of a supernatural element. But yeah. then we hear of a grave robber slash serial killer who got caught and was being tried and um it seems to fit the description and then
0: of hideous
1: yeah thing yeah exactly it's
0: awful just
1: disfigured Monster looking
0: for guy um he doesn't really look like that in fairness it's no like no no they disfigured
1: him uh, pur- yeah. uh, purposefully for this um yeah uh and then she runs into his trial and confronts him at which point he seems to kind of mock her and then she says to um she says to him you're so much smaller than i remembered and uh, leaves the ho- leaves the courthouse
0: and walks triumphantly down the street
1: now it's a bit of a bonkers ending
0: in my opinion um, the whole time that was like, f- f- through the vast majority of that, I was just saying there, going like, this isn't going to end with, and she's still on the bed type ending, is it?
1: Oh, like uh, The Descent.
0: Like so many things, but then thankfully it didn't.
1: No, 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 that's fair. I didn't want that. I wouldn't have uh, enjoyed that ending either. But man, also, I, it would
0: have been it would have been mental if they'd done that after her going like, and then I set up a foundation to yeah, help yeah, survivors yeah, 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 yeah. of sexual abuse, <laughs> and then they just cut to, oh no, you're still in the bed. That would I mean, be mental.
1: Well, I, I think of that as the descent ending, and I yeah, think-
0: and there was a few other ones I was thinking of uh, when I was watching it. Yeah, definitely, the ending of the descent is one. The Descent I can't recall is, oh, um, which is a great film I a love terrific film it's Neil Marshall um, also the what's it called another Stephen King one 1408 that has a bit of not as an ending but at least like halfway through 1408 oh, I haven't they, seen they that, that since one. the cinema I don't
1: think yeah. anyway I really enjoyed Gerald's Game i had been meaning to get around to it for a few years and yeah, me I, too it, it I really didn't at this it. point I thought it was I thought it was a great film and I would I would watch this again for sure um uh, unfortunately, the the pervading memory for me will definitely be her ripping off her fucking hand at the end, which is just tough going. Um, and luckily as well, Henry Thomas has aged in such a way that it's difficult to connect Elliot from E.T. to the um masturbating creepazoid that he plays here. Oh yeah, overall, I, I thought- think. This was great. I was just going to say, I
0: think, I think what um, one of the things that Mike Flanagan has done quite well is reusing the same people because yes,
1: he's got kind of a troop of players going, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, because Car- Carlo Gugino, Elliot—I'm uh, <laughs> going to call—I want to call him Elliot now. Elliot, yeah. Uh, Henry Thomas and um, Kate Siegel, who also was another person in this, they're all in the two seasons of haunting, yeah. haunting of film uh, TV series. Bruce Greenwood and Carl Striken are in Doctor Sleep. And well, then a bunch of his other films. He was just he's reused multiple people.
1: And he is one of these people who has seemed to have gained much like Ryan Murphy has uh, gotten carte blanche at Netflix, he can pretty much do what he likes yeah, at Netflix. So he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, I love him. Which, no, and to be fair, I'm not enjoying um, the Haunting of Bly Manor near as much as the Haunting of Hill House but like I said the Haunting of Hill House was one of the best things on TV that I year I really
0: enjoyed it
1: um, and th- I'm not saying by any degree that the Haunting of Bly Manor is just complete dullardry it's just it's uh, it's difficult to stand up against the Haunting of Hill House but mm-hmm. still alright so very clear winner this week Gerald's Game definitely recommend everybody watch that Um and, uh, Absolutely.
0: And it's easy enough to watch. Although, strangely, I don't have Netflix. So I had to go to my local Blockbuster again to get these two films. And oh, my VHS of Apostle was uh, surprisingly low quality. So
1: <laughs> that you was, know that that the, was la- the only
0: downside for me.
1: You know, the last um, Blockbuster video in North America is a, if being used as an Airbnb at the moment.
0: Is it in... Alaska or something. It's somewhere
1: cold I, anyway. I think it's Colorado. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can use nice. it as Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice think, it
0: still got is it still got films in it?
1: Yeah, it's got a, it's a film oh, and DVD library and a, a TV in front Voice. of a bed and yeah, everything you need. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very similar to to how I live. Indeed, yeah. Minus minus the library. It's all digital.
1: And I think it's fair to say that nobody needs to watch the, the apostle ever again i think that's fair no, to say
0: no uh, yeah i'm don't ever need to be reminded of it although dan stevens well done to him for looking intense you're michael tunnel? sheen i can't take seriously and that's
1: yeah funny. michael sheen what's michael sheen doing there anyway it's time to fucking toss some coins isn't it
0: yeah so i'll tell you a little about my choice my choice this week is the 2010 mark romanek alex garland adaptation of the kazuo ishiguro novel never let me go Uh, romanek is a visionary music video director who's made only three feature films since 1985 i've only seen one hour photo with robin williams and which i like and i'm pretty sure i'll like this um from everything I've seen, it looks beautiful. Plus you have Garland adapting and, you know, who's better at sci-fi scripts than Mr. Alex Garland.
1: And what's the other film this fellow has done? Cause I love one hour photo.
0: It's from 1985. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Do you know the name of it?
0: N- no, it doesn't exist because it's from ah, 1985. Okay, I see. One well, second,
1: please, please hold. Well, my film is from three years before that.
0: <laughs> Static. And, it's called. i uh, never heard it of it. Stars Keith Gordon, your favorite. Who's Keith who's Gordon? <laughs> I, I don't know. Amanda Plummer, who's famously in *Pulp Fiction*, going, "Any of you fucking pricks, move!" Mm. And it's a, 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 a an American comedy drama. Uh, Romanek has since disowned the film, claiming <laughs> that his subsequent his subsequent film *One Hour Photo* is his feature film directorial debut. So there you go.
1: All right. Well,
0: don't watch static.
1: And my film would be considered to be the last major work of, um, I don't, one of the most famous, uh, pioneers of cinema history. Uh, really, I'm going to go for
0: Michael winner. <laughs>
1: I'm going to go for the,
0: how long is your film, Andy? It's not 3 hours. It's probably <laughs> around uh it's got to be around 2, isn't it realistically?
1: Uh who knows. So my the 188 minute uh 1982's 103 Fanny, minutes. Never let me
0: to 103.
1: Fanny and Alexander, written and directed by Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. I figured look I've got to watch it eventually. I might as well drag you down with me. Yes, I definitely do. And you know, I do. Swedish
0: period drama. Do you know, there's a TV miniseries cut that's 312 minutes.
1: Who are you talking to? Of course, I fucking know that. (laughs) And you also know the name of everybody who's in it.
0: So. yeah there's there's smergen <laughs> oh no
1: this is just going to be making fun of the swedes if i win yeah i
0: need to get that swedish meatball sound effect back
1: all right okay um swedish chef. you do have the opportunity to be corrupt this week because i do not have a coin
0: okay <laughs> thank god <laughs> ah, sweet sweet coin you've never let me down Okay, it's Cervantes or 50 again.
1: Uh, 50 won me last week. I'll go 50.
0: Okay, here we go. I'm trying not to cheat. Oh, ah, oh, fuck. It's 50. Yes! <laughs>
1: <Shit>. <laughs> Fanny and Alexander, so, fuck you face. You know it
0: would be so much better to watch, <laughs> <laughs> to watch. Have you seen Never Let Me Go?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Seeing uh, as you, oh, I, I so know, I know it, it, I know it. All right, 1982 period. John. Seeing as you went for something Swedish, I thought I'd do the same. And I'm intrigued by the career of Thomas Alfredson. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I had the misfortune of watching one of the worst films I'd ever seen in the cinema, The Snowman, which was that, a horrible, unfinished mess. That's I a terrible
1: film. That, that is a terrible, terrible film.
0: I, I don't. It is horrendous. But God, before a, that, but that's, Alv- a,
1: that's a mad film. It, it doesn't is, make it any is, sense. It's, it is I, hilarious. I, but I it's because I, they I began it's to laugh about because he, he, he like
0: failed to film about twenty percent of it. Apparently.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Anyway, go but on. Anyway,
0: before that, Alfredson was hailed as a great up and coming director, largely due to a film I haven't seen. I have. I saw Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy, his second yeah, film, which I liked. Me too. Or not his second film is kind of his previous big one before Snowman. But his breakthrough was two thousand and eight. Let the right one in. Mm. Hmm. Which I have or, not seen. I have. And that's The Watch Eyes. A, and I'm sure a, you have.
1: And it's a very good film. And I'm looking forward to watching both of them this okay, weekend. So Fanny, Al- der- Fanny der- and der- Alexander
0: der- and Let the Right One In.
1: I can't believe I have I have forced you into watching Fanny, Fanny and Alexander. It, I am delighted. You can, you go, how
0: about this? I'll watch Fanny and you watch Alexander. Ayo! <laughs>